Let us be attentive. You, O Lord, shall keep us and preserve us. <clears throat> Save me, O Lord, for the godly man has failed. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Galatians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, see with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh that would compel you to be circumcised, and not only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who receive circumcision do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. But far be it from me to glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. Peace and mercy be upon all who walk by this rule, upon the Israel of God. Henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brethren. Amen. Peace be to you, the reader. Arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Let us be attentive. said this parable, the land of a rich man brought forth plenty, plentifully, and he thought to himself, what shall I do, for I have nowhere to store my crops? And he said, I will do this, I'll pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is he who lays up treasure for himself, and is not rich toward God. As he said these things, he cried out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Oh. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Allow me to share with you two very different conversations by two very different people with themselves, a conversation they're talking to themselves about. The first conversation goes like this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and everything within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and don't forget everything he has given you. He is merciful towards all your transgressions. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from death. He crowns you with mercy and compassion. He satisfies your desire with good things. He renews your youth like the eagles. Bless the Lord, O my soul. A second conversation. What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grains and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample good laid up for yourself for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, be merry. The first conversation from the mellifluous mouth of the psalmist and prophet David focuses utterly on God, mentioning him upwards of 12 times. The second, from the lips of the man in this morning's gospel lesson, completely focuses on himself, mentioning I, 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 my, my, mine, upwards of 12 times. Instead of focusing, let's say, on himself, his thoughts could have been about the great gifts that God had bestowed on him, the land, the yield of the crop, the sun, the rain. He could have thought about his good health, his ability to work, the workers in his fields. He could have thought about God and thanked him for giving him all these blessings. The conversation he had with himself could have sounded more like this. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Thank you, Lord, for you have given me far more than I shall ever need just for myself. To let you know how grateful I am, I'm going to use part of this great harvest to feed the poor, to promote the spreading of your word, and offer it back to you, for all things are from you. Bless the Lord, O my soul. In short, he could have been what we call a good steward of what God had given him instead of a fool, as God called him, and a mismanager of the gifts of his possessions. He could have given away so much and seen the great good consequences of his generosity and so fulfilled this particular saying I came across, do your giving while you're living so you're knowing where it's going. 
The word economos, steward, comes from the Greek verb economeo, which means in various ways to take care of a household, to administer, to govern, to manage, to support, sustain, and to distribute. Some other definitions of this beautiful word, economos, are the following. A steward is one who manages another's property or resources. The Christian, therefore, is a steward of everything he is and has, including his own body and soul. For according to the mystery of salvation, we possess nothing from ourselves, not even our own life and being. All belongs to God and is given to us by the Father through his Son because of the richness of his love and mercy. We could also say that stewardship is caring for the needs of others. Stewardship is offering one's self to God as he offered himself to us. Stewardship is what a person does after saying, I believe, as the very proof of that belief. The end result, then, of Christian stewardship, according to the end of today's gospel, is to lay up treasures in heaven and thus be rich towards God. There was a certain landowner who invited his pastor over one day to show him all that he possessed. He turned the pastor toward the north, and he said, Look out there. As far as the eye can see belongs to me. He did the same as they turned to the east, as they turned to the south, and then as they turned to the west. Then the pastor said, You've turned me to the four quarters of the compass and showed me all you own, but one thing you haven't told me. And so he lifted up his hand and he pointed straight up. How much do you own in that direction? If we want property in that direction, upwards in heaven, brothers and sisters, we need to stop filling our own barns and start filling God's barns. God's barns, and he has prepared many for us to fill, are these, according to St. Ambrose. The barns are the hands of the needy, the stomachs of the hungry, the treasuries of the churches. After the rich farmer's soul was taken by death, Jesus said, so is he who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. But elsewhere, our Lord also told us to lay up our riches in heaven through good works, through cheerful giving, for no thief can steal from there. No rust will consume it there, and no moth can eat it there. The treasure we store up in heaven, in God's sacred barns, is eternal and abides forever. There is absolutely no better deposit or investment one could ever make.
Listen to these beautiful words from St. Paul to his spiritual son, Timothy. Command those who have possessions in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hopes in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the age to come, so that they may take hold of that life, which is truly life. And so God, to him, the good provider of all things, be the glory now and ever to the ages of ages. Amen.